This week on the O oh, the Anthem podcast, we are talking all about COVID-19 and not just in politics or in social life, but right here in this house because we are self-quarantining because Rob is sick. Um, we'll get into the $2 trillion relief bill, uh, the response by Trump and all the governors across the country, uh, as well as uh, at the very end, and I, 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 I want to save it for the spoilers so people who have seen it can get into it and the people who don't can get out. But we got Tiger King talk this week on the podcast. We are not going to leave any stone unturned. Tune in right now. You're not going to want to miss it. Cats and kittens, it's Corey from <laughs> the Anthem. This is Corey, and this is the uh, Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode three twelve of the uh, the Anthem podcast, coming to you as always from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the one ten freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, sorry for the belated nature of this week's podcast. Also, uh, apologies for. A little bit of a different look here. We are trying to practice social distancing a little bit more, uh, especially because uh, Rob is feeling under the weather. Yeah. So we'll get into that. God, a little I feel bit like more. I look like I'm in the void here. Like. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's all white. Uh, I'm the one who is in the kitchen. If you guys have been uh, <laughs> checking out my Instagram videos, that's the same kitchen there. The infamous kitchen. Uh, but uh, in between episodes, whether we're late or on time, you can, of course, check us out. On social media at O the Anthem everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube.com forward slash O the Anthem for all the videos. But uh, let's just dive in uh, because we're on a ticking clock this week. Yeah. <laughs> this week's episode brought to you by Coffee. Coffee, <laughs> thank you for giving me any energy at all. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess we should start here because we were, uh, uh, yesterday, We you went to the hospital to hopefully get a test. Yeah. Um, and you were turned away. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, well, let's just, uh, let's just dive in on that part. Um, so we, let me just say this, uh, and I, I'll take core away cause I don't want him associated so much with what I'm about to say necessarily. <laughs> um, I try to protect him from those things, but, um, uh, guys, listen, um, should I headphones? <laughs> should I earmuffs, here? earmuffs everybody. <laughs> uh, let me just tell you this. Uh, I am experiencing this, um, well, hey, newsflash, because I haven't really talked about it on social media at all. I haven't been posting a lot. Actually, I'll bring Corey back for this part. I've been <laughs> posting a lot, which was weird. People on Slack at work today <laughs> noticed that I was out sick, and they were like, hey, you haven't posted on Instagram, and you're out sick today. Do you have it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, spoiler alert, probably. Um, and I say probably because, uh, and this part I'll take them away for. Um <laughs> I cannot get a test and I can't get a test because although they have tests at the hospital or the urgent care that I went to for Kaiser, they won't give me one and they won't give me one because I don't meet the federal qualification guidelines for testing. Those qualifications are 
You have a fever greater than 100 degrees that's lasted more than five days. Check. Uh, my fever has been between 100, uh, 99 and 101 for about five days. And then for the last four or five days has been between 101 and 103. Uh, a slight cough, difficulty breathing, tightness in the chest. Check, check, check. I have all of those. Um, and the fever continuing, which obviously I still have. Uh, so I have all of those, except what I don't have is the ability to quantify where I may have come into contact with someone. Now, I'm going to go ahead and put my th conspiracy theory hat on. And this is what I've been talking about with people today. What they want is to be able to put me into a cluster. They want to say, hey, you contacted this person and then that's how you got it. And the likelihood is that if I have it, I got it from riding in an Uber. I got it from being at a grocery store. Um, I joked on a live stream last week about how actually maybe, but in the episode last week, but I walked into CVS, uh, after jokingly having my mask on, um, yeah. beforehand and then I'll bring Corey back for this part. Uh, and then, um, a woman like 10 feet from me, like coughed in my general direction. And I was like, okay. And I put the mask back on. I wasn't going to wear it, but I did after she coughed in my direction. And I think that they are artificially keeping the numbers down of, Hey, we don't know how this person got it. What they want is to say, you know that you were in contact with that person and now he's positive and you're positive and yeah. we can trace back, 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 back. So, um, I went, I've been in touch with my doctor regularly. Um, we're tracking the fever. We are tracking the other symptoms. I am a mild case. Uh, I think, uh, strangely we were watching Anderson Cooper today and Chris Cuomo did an excellent job of describing how I feel, which is. There are times when I feel perfectly normal and perfectly fine. Um, when we were talking about doing the podcast yesterday, I was like, I just don't feel up to it. But today I felt perfectly fine and we were starting to get set up. Now I'm feeling a little run down and the energy is waning and it just kind of comes in waves like that. Sometimes I'll be coughing for a, I, sometimes the coughing keeps me up at night. But there's other times when I don't know, it's been probably an hour since yeah. I had a coughing fit. And that's just how it is. The fever is pretty constant. The feeling like I'm wearing a spandex band or a lycra band around my midsection, it's pretty constant. Um, but it's just one of those things. So, yes, yesterday I went to urgent care at the direction of my doctor. And they kept me in the little quarantine area, which is in, by the way, to make you feel like a fantastic American patient, the parking garage. <laughs> um, Top-notch healthcare in America. Uh, they... Uh, put me through all the protocols and the doctor basically <laughs> pulls me out of the treatment area to a little like discussion area where the woman with, you know, full biohazard gear, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. The, the hazmat suit, but just shy of that. Right, right, right. Sits down with me. The at civilian table. version of it. The civilian version. Yeah. yeah. She's got like the mask, the, the N95 mask, then the surgical mask over it to hide the fact that she's got that on, even though I can tell. And then the plate glass yeah, piece yeah, yeah. over it. She sits down with me and she's like, so here's what I can do for you. Um, I don't want you going to work and I would like you to stay out of the population. If there's people you haven't been in contact with for the last few days, you should not be in contact with them. Uh, isolate yourself as much as possible. We classify you as influenza-like unconfirmed illness. <laughs> and I was like, well, it seems like you should probably test me for, you know, this virus that's going around. She said, well... Because you can't identify a person who's tested positive that you've been in touch with, our federal guidelines don't allow us to test you, which sounds to me a lot like, hey, we're trying to artificially keep the numbers down. Right. Uh, I saw while I was sitting there 
an entire case of tests, which I imagine is a gross 144 test kits that had been unopened. So I imagine there's also an open case somewhere with test kits in it. So they have tests to give people, but they didn't give me one. Um, instead, I got a diagnosis of uh, influenza-like, nonspecific, undiagnosed illness. Um, and I feel like shit. And I felt like shit for the last five days. I felt bad for five days before that, but we are at a new level of bad. Uh, in the last five minutes that I've been talking, I went from pretty freezing. Uh, actually, before we started, I think I said it was super hot in here. And right when mm. we started, I was pretty cold. And now I'm back to sweating, so that's fun. Uh, basically, I'm going through menopause right here across the <laughs> table from Corey. So um, this, again, I'm going to quote Chris Cuomo because I think he's the best way that he put it way better than I could. Just like it's scary. It's insidious because you feel fine. You feel like you can go out. I'm sure there are people walking around right now who think that they are fine, uh, who maybe have like a feel a little warm or got like a little bit of a hot flash. And they're like, you know what? Totally fine. Um, but I'll take Corey away for this last comment. And that's you guys should be terrified. If you live in if you're one of the 20 percent of Americans who's not under a stay at home order right now, you should absolutely be staying at home anyway. Uh, if you are one of those people you should be terrified. I've seen the way that the medical system is uh, is responding to this, and the doctors and nurses on the front line look at, looked me in the eye, and they wanted to do so much more, but they could not. The only tests that they had left at the place, the urgent care that I went to, were provided by the federal government, which means they have to follow federal guidelines in order to give me a test, and I don't meet those requirements. Um, there are some people I know here in L.A. who had tests before who, that were state-provided tests. They got tested. There was like a lottery in order to get a test. They got tested because they were under a little bit looser guidelines with the state tests. We're now out of those. Now all we have are federally-provided tests, so um, we don't. This is a terrifying thing. I'm not terrified because I'm sick. I mean, I've been joking um, about, like, oh, this is it. This is going to be the end. I mean, I, most of the time I feel okay. I'm tired. I'll bring Corey back. Uh, he can testify. I've been sleeping a lot. Um, yeah. Basically, the entire morning, I slept while people just went along with life in the room. And I don't know how I slept through all of it, but I did. Um, it's an insidious thing. So everyone out there should be very careful. Um, and I guess to I guess the point we we're going to get to later, we are going to try to continue to do this week on week. Um it may be delayed like it was this week. I just didn't have it in me last week or last night. Um, I probably don't have it in me to do a full show. This was pretty exhausting just talking for this long. So yeah. I'll let Corey take it over. He can talk <laughs> about Tiger King all by himself. But um, <laughs> we're going to try to push through. Um, I was kind of waiting on an episode so that we could talk about it here now. But now that it's out, I'll try to post more about it. But yeah, so I'm sick. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know that I ever will. I feel like I will be one of those people who comes out of this and says, I might have had it. Who knows? Um, and the way that the viruses work, I can probably get tested for it in six months. Yeah. When there are tests available and be like, oh, yeah, so you had it at some point in the last six months. I'm like, I know when that was. Yeah. Well, I mean, like what what I think concerns me as somebody who is not feeling sick at the moment mm -hmm. but being in contact with you is it, it almost feels like as if when as opposed to will i you know like there there's a there's an aspect of that which we're trying to do everything we can to keep you separated from us yeah. a little bit while not like you know isolating <laughs> you completely like, sticking me in the closet yeah. <laughs> well i mean i think honestly 
if I was to wish a version on people, this mm. is the wor- version I would wish on. Yeah. It's like uh, not even the worst flu I've ever had, but it's lasted longer than a flu. Um, and I felt like worse than a flu at part points, but then I like, woke up at two o'clock today, <laughs> two o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm feeling some energy. I'm going to log on and try to do a little work. And obviously like I'm up for it. Let's do it. Let's do the podcast tonight. So like I was down for it. I would prefer this over some of the other versions I'm hearing about where people are like going on ventilators. They yeah. test positive and the next day they're on a ventilator. Like that is, that's the thing with viruses. They mutate in every person's body. So if I have to wish it on someone, I wish this version on people. The reality is 100% of people are likely going to get this before we're done with it. Um, when you hear people talking about flatten the curve, what they mean is not stopping people from getting it, but delaying. Don't let everyone get it all right now. Like, absolutely. Because yeah. that's when we have all of those cases of people well, ending up I, on ventilators at once. I do feel like there is something that can still be done about like keeping people from getting it if more was done to keep people out of the public eye. But I mean, like, you know, the problem is that we're seeing videos, even in California <laughs> where like it's, you know, people are, are being pretty respectful of the whole thing. If you're looking at uh, just like Google maps at 8 AM on the four Oh five, you'd think that you're living in a completely different world uh, these days than it was prior to stay at home orders and stuff like that. But at the same time, you're seeing thousands of people flock the Brentwood farmer's market <laughs> Because farmers markets were allowed to be an entity that allowed to it was allowed to keep going along with like grocery stores. Well, and they respond. They moved the stalls further apart so that people weren't interacting. They just weren't expecting five thousand people right. to show up to the farmers market. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I, and I mean, listen, I'm sure, and a lot of them were saying like, "Oh, this is an opportunity for me to get outside and go somewhere," yep. and and they did. But maybe so in did your open neighbors. air, it's better or something, you know, like whatever the case may be. But it is, it is. I mean, and that's what they've been saying is like being outside and exercising is good. I tried to do that. What last weekend we went out a bunch. I didn't really feel up for it since then. Uh, probably should because getting some fresh air would probably be good. Um, and the danger is way less than being in an enclosed space. But um, it's not zero. Yeah. And when you stick 5,000 people in a small area like a farmer's market, it's still pretty high. Well, and I mean, the other thing is to like say tomorrow you wake up and you're better Mm -hmm. and, you know, not that you'd be instantly 100 percent the next day. But, you know, tomorrow you're you're getting out of it. Yeah. You're you're clearing up of the 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 issues here. Uh, At what point I, I still don't feel like anybody really knows at what point are you not a carrier to somebody else still, you know, like, well, so the good news is even if I have the long, and this is what the woman was sharing with me, uh, the doctor who I spoke to at urgent care yesterday, she said that, uh, we see two versions. We see the two to five day and we see the 14 to 17 day. She's like, I'm going to guess that you got that the latter one, but it seems to be a mild version, which we're telling people to treat at home. The good news with this thing is because we don't sneeze a lot. It's really a coughing thing that, once you hit the stage where I am now, I am not very contagious because your body is at the point. These symptoms are the body getting a handle on it and starting mm. to fight it off. Right. The fever peaking and then staying high is your body saying, all right, we know what this is now. Now we're going to kill it. Yeah. Um, the coughing is trying to clear your upper respiratory uh, system. It's the oil temperature going up in the car because Basically. you've been pushing it. A little harder. Been than, running it a little hard. Yeah. yeah. So like all of this stuff is your body responding. And like if I was to cough now, it's the body expelling dead virus. Yeah. Not the virus saying, hey, I need to be spread more. Yeah. So the good news is I'm on the backside of it. Um, now, 
that's using traditional virology on something that we don't really understand yet. Right. Um, but one of the things I wanted to get to later is like, don't trust social media either because there was like a story about a guy from Pakistan that a bunch of people shared to me where it's like, Oh, he tested positive. Then he got rid of it. Then he tested positive again. That's not likely to happen because yeah. when you get it, you were then it's like smallpox. You can only have smallpox well, I mean, once in your life. And there there's other ones too. Like there was there was one that I had brought up to you and you sort of gave me the like, oh, what kind of Facebook shit are you falling for? Yeah. With uh <laughs> ibuprofen. Yes. But I mean like so uh I did look into that one just mm-hmm. to uh, uh so fill in the audience. Um there was a report that was saying that if you're sick, uh don't take ibuprofen because there is things inside of ibuprofen which will make it harder for you to fight it. Yes. And if you need some sort of like pain relief uh, to use Tylenol or something like that. Yes, instead. Um, and basically uh, the science behind it, uh, which I, I guess got did get blown up a little bit by Facebook, but is not entirely untrue, is that there is a slight degradation to your immune system that you take when you take ibuprofen. Yeah. That for... You know, if you feel if your uh, uh, immune system goes down one percent on a normal day where you just have a headache or something like that, not it's not going to be a big deal. Right. If you need every single ounce of your immune system to fight something, like if you're going to be on a ventilator or something like that, yeah, you shouldn't be doing something that might mess with your immune system. So, and, and I that, will say, after you told me that, yeah. I asked, I asked the doctor at Urgent Care about it, just because, despite the fact of me thinking it was a Facebook bullshit story, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just, you know, uh, I had taken ibuprofen, and I just let her know, and she said, okay, so what they have recommended is that if you're going to take cold and flu meds, to only take ones that have acetaminophen in it, because yes, it's true, but the impact is is null, really, yeah. and. The thing that she said to do is to take cold and flu meds that have acetaminophen in it. And then if you need flu... Um, Raven is literally like speaking <laughs> on my foot. If you need to keep the fever down in between dosage, obviously don't take more acetaminophen because that can have a really negative impact on your liver. Right. Which is important to your immune system. So yeah. you need that. Uh, but to take ibuprofen in between if necessary... She said the science was really blown up. And yes, basically what you explained, that, yeah. that it's a small impact. And what they are saying is keeping your fever at a reasonable level is more important than right. the small impact it would have. Well, the the impact the, the ibuprofen would have on a normal person isn't worth the, the side right. effect that you might feel. But and it's not a one, you know, again, if you're if you can't breathe. Then go to the hospital. Absolutely. And <laughs> that's not- she basically the end of that conversation was whatever you're doing at home is probably fine because I feel like you are the kind of you are the kind of patient who can deal with this at home. Yeah. If any of these things were to impact you, we would not be having this conversation. You'd be going upstairs right now. But yeah. since you seem to be your body seems to be fighting it off just fine. Ten days in. Keep track of the next four to seven days. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there that none of these things are really going to impact you. Right. But I, I, my automatic response to all of those stories is do not believe them because people are sharing stories about martial law is going to be declared in 48 hours because, you know, my cousin's ex-husband's friends, girlfriend's brother is in the national guard and they're mobilizing and that's going to be because they're going to stop looting. Do not believe those stories. (laughs) Like you're, the whole, here's what I'll say. The whole point of the underreaction was to stop panic. And I get that. There was, there is a level of underreaction to keep people from panicking. 
didn't work. People still went out and bought all the toilet paper off the off the aisles. Right. But um, I mean, to be fair, in in retrospect, I, I guess that's not the worst thing. Right. Could have been much yeah. worse. They could have broken. Could have been front food windows. storages and yeah. Yeah. Uh, gas is cheap as it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, although there were a few pictures of people like filling up uh, plastic containers with gas, yeah. which I just thought was humorous. But. Um, so panic was kept Put it to a in my minimum. Tupperware. Yeah, <laughs> panic was kept to a minimum. The problem was there's a difference between underreacting publicly and then reacting appropriately behind the scenes and just underreacting. And yeah. I feel like that is where we really got to. So um no, we're not about to declare martial law. A stay-at-home order is not martial law. Uh, yeah. it's I mean, to be fair, so uh martial law is basically the next step that can be taken, but there's a lot of steps in between. Oh, I know. It's I mean, the there, big step. There, there's a lots of there's lots of intermediary yeah. things that can be done, but I mean like as far as the uh, everyone stays in their home and we're ordering you to do it and we will we will like arrest you if you will kind of thing mm-hmm. of martial law, that's that's uh that that's kind of a step that's hard to come back from. So it's one that nobody really wants to do. It's the nuclear bomb option. It is definitely because, the nuclear option. <laughs> You, you, there's no, there's no nuking Japan and like acting like we didn't do it, you know? Well, and the problem is once you do it, you have to leave it into effect until the end because yeah. you can't do it for a little while and then wind it back and right. then do it for a little while and wind it back. Well, because it's, if you do, people are going to say like, oh, I can go to the movies now or I can go to the, yeah. we're done, right? Yeah. This thing's all over. I can go to the park and sweat around and get on people. And accidents happen when you say we're going to do martial law for three weeks and then you say, okay, so Tomorrow at midnight, we're winding it back. Somebody sees that report, but doesn't see the report four hours later when they're like, no, we're extending it for another few weeks. Well, I mean, and like, then they are outside. I, I think there was a lot of hope, especially here in California, from uh, particularly Garcetti and Newsom, the mayor of L.A. and the governor of California, that like people would hear the stay at home order and realize that, you know, yes, you can leave your house. You can do little things, but don't like be clogging up the roadways. Don't be yeah. going to work. Don't be doing anything you don't have to be doing. Um, and I, I feel like for the most part, it's been taken true, but then people have taken any kind of little leniency and blown like, yeah, it was like, okay, so we can leave our house. So let's just go hiking this weekend. And then the trails are filled with people and the beaches are filled with people. (laughs) And it's like, yes, we were trying to say that you could have the park to quietly like escape to. Yeah. You could walk to the park and like take a little jaunt and stay away from people and go home. But if everyone's just going to flock to the parks and we're closing the park. Yeah. And it's, it's. The problem with L.A., and I see a lot of other states doing it, and it's not a huge problem. Maryland, the parks are still open. Right. But that's because there is no place where a million people are going to congregate in a parks. And apparently Runyon was literally just like people lining the hiking pass. And you can't do that in L.A. You can't have it that way. Um, But people were basically just... Uh, saying exactly what you said. I, I can get out. Okay, great. I'm just going to go do this little thing. But when a million people decide to do it, now we are we have to close that too. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate because it means people are kind of stuck at home. But you and have to, guys. I, I I understand. I'm going. I'm going crazy too. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing I. Uh, to just have 20 minutes alone by myself in my house, something that I never thought I needed so badly, but. <laughs> Just, you know, just to just uh, or to uh, live my normal life of like, I'm. It's time for lunch. I'm gonna go out for lunch. I'm gonna yeah. go sit somewhere and eat a burrito. Like uh, that. That is, all. And you know, it's not. It, this isn't the end of the world. Like my life will go on, and I'm not trying to say woe is me or anything like that. I'm just saying that 
you know, we're, we're all making sacrifices here or all of our lives are, are different, but if we can all do this and, and do it together, then it'll be over sooner. Like, and that, yeah, that's so much the important thing. It's like the recess. Like we can't go to recess until everyone sits down and I'm seeing everyone running around and I'm just like, guys, <laughs> like, I know you're getting your recess out right now, but if we, <laughs> if you just calm down, yeah. we can all go outside. Yeah. But I mean, and that's the thing is it's, it's strange to me that we're not doing so many things nationally because I, again, I think you and I more educated uh, people can look at it and see that very clearly. And I don't understand people who are like, Oh, well they said we can go to parks. So let's go to parks. Yes. But when you get there and you see that the parks are full, we are now not accomplishing the yeah. thing that we need to accomplish. Well, And also like the, you know, like having people come over to your house for like, no crowds saw, of less than 10. Okay, I'm going to invite nine of my friends over. Like, that's I saw, not the point. I saw a nurse friend of mine on Instagram with fucking, like, 18 people at his house the yeah. other the other night. And I'm just like, what in the hell is going on here? Well, because I think Maryland's still at 20 or, 20 or less, right? Yeah, or 25 sorry, or less. <laughs> so it's like, technically, I'm not violating. Hey, sorry, bud. You can't make it. We got to... <laughs> I just... I And it's... Oh, man. If we... <sighs> the problem is... Our generation and the previous one have never had to sacrifice something like this. Yeah. And I think, again, not to make Chris Cuomo. Or if anything, like short lived, like, you know, like uh, anything that, that got interrupted by 9 11 was for like a week, maybe. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I'm literally, uh, I visited New York in October of, of September of 2011 yeah. to go visit a college. Like, yes, if there was an interruption, very short lived. Yeah. And, I know I wasn't the first one there. Like we planned that trip and then kind of replanned it around 9-11, but I was there in October. But the idea, like my dad was born in 1937. And so he, as a small child, was in the depression. And then, you know, as a teenager, kind of through the end of World War uh, II. Mm. But he remembers. And of course, being out in the country the way they were, they his mom kind of kept them on that depression mindset for most of his childhood. He yeah. left home in 1955 or 1952 and they literally were like we save everything we use everything scrap metal that breaks down we fix it and that was in 1950s when everybody else was like hmm that car has a broken tire i'm gonna buy a new car sure i don't yeah no don't worry about fixing it throw it away um the the uh channel two on the tv doesn't work is there a channel two (laughs) i don't know let's get a new tv it is Don Draper uh, in Mad Men where they have the picnic and he just picks up the blanket and walks away like that's all the rest of the country just like leaving trash yeah. everywhere. And my grandmother out there like, did you leave an apple core out there? <laughs> Throw that on the compost pile right now. Um, but so like and he for him is just like he's in that mindset now. Uh, and, you know, I only got to talk to my parents briefly, but I'm glad I didn't go home. Yeah. Just look at this. Uh, but just my dad is already in that mindset of like, oh, sac- it's wartime now. You know, it's it's a different war, but we're fighting a war. Sacrifice, stay at home, do the whole thing. And our generation, the one after us and the one right before us, have never had to do that. It, and uh, it's incompatible with our lifestyle. I couldn't, I couldn't even, you know, uh, and I, I get that I'm one of those people, and I know a lot of other people who like that, who constantly need to have something happening. There needs to be multiple stoves going and stuff. So, yeah. But this is a collective understanding by everybody that you are going to stay home, you're going to sleep in if you can work from home you're going to work from home you're going to watch netflix you're going to catch up on a project or a hobby or something like that like you're you're going to get the opportunity to do now what you've always sort of wished for yeah that i had two months to work on something so i mean like as as 
horrible as it is, and as many people will die, and we're not trying to minimize any of that, for the normal everyday people who are trying to make the sacrifice of staying at home to quell this, like yeah. th- it could be a lot worse. You could literally be in war, like a wartime well, used yeah. to mean going to war. <laughs> so like, I mean, we're not old enough to do that. But <laughs> you guys could, all you influencers out there. By the way, fever update. The uh, fever has now turned to uh, chills, and the sweat that I was working on now really cool. Freezing across yeah. your body. Yeah, basically so. Um, but I do want to talk about a little bit of national stuff. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, everyone should keep an eye out. If you've paid taxes in the last excuse me, two years, uh, because everybody's got a big old check coming. Eventually. Uh, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's supposed to be before the end of April. But, I, you know, who knows? Like, well, good news that they're pushing the rent to the. Oh, oh, they're not. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. yeah. Some places apparently have, <laughs> have managed that, but not, not California, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so uh, oh, let me find the story. So there's a breakdown of for those of you who haven't heard about this. Two trillion dollars. Two trillion dollar yeah bailout bill um which by the way i believe makes up one fifth will add one fifth of the national debt we were yeah. at 10 trillion now we're going to add another two trillion on top of it um and Corey asked me not to be super judgmental i'm gonna try to roll back the the communist in me to to talk about it but twelve hundred dollars for every american household uh, you get double that if you are a um, married couple. Married couple, but I mean that's basically twelve hundred for each of you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, additional five hundred if you have per child, uh, and that's up to seventy five thousand dollars per year. Yeah, I mean right? if you if you make over seventy five thousand, there there's a uh, de escalating amount of money that you get uh, up until. I think if you make more than like 250 or something like that, then you yeah. don't get anything. And it's a it's adjusted gross income as well. So that means like, uh, although I made more than 75,000, my adjusted gross, I think, put me down below 75,000. So I would get the full 1,200. Uh, and <laughs> if they kept your return in the last few years because of student loans, you can get that money back too. <laughs> so I uh, tweeted that story. There's a number you call and like Sally Mae is like, oh, sorry, we kept your tax return the last couple of years. Here, <laughs> have that back. Uh, I got to make that call, by the way. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be feeling up to that tomorrow. Um, so that makes up about $500 billion yeah. of the $2 trillion, yeah. which, I mean, is a sizable portion. But then I asked myself, that still leaves $1.5 trillion. Where is that money going? Well, uh, l- let me say up front that uh, the, the things that, that are are uh beneficial to everyone in some way or another that that will come through this is that uh i know i think there was like 30 billion of that is towards small business loans Mm -hmm. which uh will be essentially two and a half times your monthly annual payroll uh as a lump sum so if you if your payroll for one month is ten thousand three hundred forty nine billion Oh, 300. Is that what it is? Yes. 349 okay. billion for the small business administration. I think maybe one thing of what I was looking at in that was 25 billion or something like that. Cause I, I think it's separated into large yeah. scale medium. Cause I mean like bailing out the airlines part of that too. Well, so or like the, the, bailing out cruise ship, you know. So the SBA, Small Business Administration, here's the thing: they have now 349 billion, but it's for separate loans. You have get a you can get a loan for rent, and mm. you can get a loan for utilities, and you can get a loan for payroll. You're going to loan for mortgage if you own the building, which is separate from the rent. So yeah. it's, 
I have a feeling these are all broken down into fifty billion dollar allotments. Yeah, and uh, you can only obviously you can't get the mortgage and the rent. Yeah, if you had one or the but other. But the the idea being that if you have less than fifty employees, then yes. you can uh, basically get a loan for however much it would take to employ all the people that you have for two and a half months. Uh, eight weeks, but eight weeks starting when they passed it. And right. Then there there is some talk about pushing it backwards for. Well, I mean, it could get extended yeah. if if the situation applies. But uh, I think the idea being that, uh, and you know, all these being uh, forgiven if uh, it's used towards paying for keeping all your employees on payroll. Right. So if you're a restaurant and you're keeping all your employees on payroll the same way you usually did, then all the money that you would get from this loan mm-hmm. would not have to be paid back. And essentially, like again, in downtown LA, a lot of the um the businesses are open, but they're kind of on skeleton staff. So it's like yeah. everybody went from full time to part time. You're working three days, three days, and we're just trading out staff. Well, this way you can pay them as if they're a full time seven day or five day a week staff. And you use that loan money to do it because obviously yeah. you don't have the revenue. You probably don't even have the revenue coming in to pay part time the way right. that you would have before. Um, Twenty five billion is for the passenger air carriers. Uh, Four billion for cargo air carriers. Seventeen billion for businesses determined to be important to the national security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those guys are really suffering these days. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'll put it in a reminder. We are now uh, in year twenty <clears throat> of the war in Afghanistan, yeah. um, which is not over, and which Lockheed Martin, Boeing, all the defense contractors have made Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman have made trillions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, a javelin missile costs. $80,000 to the government, but it costs about $3,000 to produce. So, you know, it's one of those like, well, the first one cost us a trillion dollars. Yeah. So we charge you 80000 for them, but it was the development of that missile that took so much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. And then we're firing, you know, uh, the old thing of an $80,000 javelin fired by a guy who doesn't make that in a, mo- in a year at a guy who doesn't make that in a lifetime. Um, but that's so those guys are clearly hurting uh, yeah. and we need to make sure we give them their forty four hundred fifty four billion dollars or whatever. Um, I mean, I, I will say this. I, I, I am normally I wouldn't mind uh, squabbling over how odds and ends were put together in this bill. Uh, I, I don't want to do that right now because I just sort of want to, like, just let things let things lay. I'm trying to roll it back. I'm trying to roll it back. I'm trying to. I'm trying to concern myself with the things that need attention right now. Anything that isn't right now is going to have to wait. Uh, there's a lot of pork on both sides of this bill. Absolutely. It's sort of the way it's just going to happen. Yep. Um, and I would argue that the pork on the Democratic side isn't as rancid as the pork on the Republican side. But again, that they ha- they control the. Senate and the executive branch. So, yep. got to do what you got to do. They kind of have a, a way about this one. It's uh, Alexandria Cortez, as much as I really don't want to. Uh, and everybody note uh, when Corey had a cough there, he coughed into his elbow, the vampire yeah. cough. That's very appropriate. Thank you, Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're worried about him infecting <laughs> the entire house. Um, no, I just got to make sure that I don't give anyone a sleeper hold. Yeah, yeah, no I sleeper have holds. To <laughs> properly. <laughs> Um, Alexandria Cortez basically, uh, described this bill as a poison pill. And she was absolutely right that like, you know, is there stuff that the Democrats shoved in that we shouldn't have? Probably. But the Republicans shoved in a lot of stuff. So we've made a poison pill here that we all have to swallow because otherwise 
people get nothing. Yeah. Um, and you've put us in a situation where we either have to not vote for vote no for this and have that on our record forever, or vote for it and just swallow the poison. Well, like, so let me put it this way: there's a lot of things that I'm upset about in what happened here. Uh, I don't like how how big the bill is because that's all money that eventually we're going to have to pay back in some sort of way. And I, you know, I, while I think keeping the economy afloat for a little while while uh, we're going through the situation will help us sort of like get back on track quicker mm-hmm. when we're on the other side and perhaps we would be able to make money easier that we'd be able to pay back yeah. all this money that we're taking out. Um, uh, the, the thing that bothers me is that like, you know, McConnell held up this whole thing for four days because he wanted to take a weekend in Kentucky with judges Yeah, rather than come back to Washington and talk about it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are talking about what's right and what's wrong while Rand Paul is, you know, <laughs> testing positive and swimming in the pool and working out of the gym and, you know, f- four senators missed the bill because, uh, they were all around Rand Paul at the yeah. time and they were all self-quarantined and couldn't make the vote. So it was 96, nothing, but. The reason why it wasn't 100 nothing was because some people were sick. Yes, yeah. It's because they didn't quite grasp the the, the entirety of this the thing. The ones telling you to stay yeah. home were not staying home. Right. <laughs> um, and by I the mean, way, I, 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 on that note, like, listen, my work really didn't have any work-from-home protocols. Right. We had to put them in place. We are seeing now that our government has no ability to function other than being in D.C., I, and they're trying to figure that out now. How well, do we keep functioning? Well, here here's the here's the good thing. I I feel like uh for the most part, uh, people have been figuring out a way to make it work. Uh it may not be ideal that you're not at work checking on, you mm-hmm. know, like you might look at your uh your product productivity over these 2 months, you know, once it's over with and be like, "Man, we really just yeah. chasmed hard during uh coronavirus." But like it's it's too I think we've. I think we should all be applauded for how well we've been able to make do with the yes. situation. It um, could be much worse. Yes, absolutely, absolutely worse. Um, and uh, you know the the issues we will have to deal with when when there's when there's that time to look back on it. But I, I think right now we're just doing the best we can, and I think that uh, there's a certain number of governors who are really holding this together way more than the federal government has been doing. And, you know, we we talked in the pre-show, and and we don't want to get down into the weeds. Uh, But I do want to say, I think there are some governors who are stepping up and being very public about their roles. But I think that we should be very careful not to dive into this hero worship of, like, this governor is going to save the nation. Because I've heard from a lot of people that this governor or that one, you know, we're on the West Coast, so everyone's looking at Newsom. People on the East Coast, I'm hearing Cuomo from a lot of people. Yeah. And strangely, I'm hearing Democrats look at Hogan very positively and Republicans look at Cuomo very positively. And just it's very confusing for me. Yeah. Um, But uh, and to those who don't know, Hogan is a Republican. He's been vocally anti-Trump before, but, you know, now much more. Cuomo is a Democrat. So to have like the attraction. I I don't know how vocally anti-Trump Hogan has been. He's sort of been muttering fuck that bitch like as he walks <laughs> off the stage as opposed to like holding press conferences. Right. He's right. been like, on his own <laughs> private YouTube channel saying that bitch Carol Baskins. <laughs> Nobody's really seen it but it's out there. Um, 
But yeah, it's. I think um, I think Hogan should think about the the eye ring. Yeah, yeah <laughs> eyebrow ring. Uh, it'd be good. Shaved head, eyebrow ring. Yeah, a little bit of meth. The um, mullet. The mullet be good. <laughs> but, I don't know uh, what I don't know what his numbers are in Dundalk and the Eastern Shore, but he could run those way the fuck mm, up, just rising <laughs> up. Um, but I will say that I I I think we should be careful about the hero worship because. Uh, I think you put it aptly when we were discussing it before the, the show. Like, let's get through the, the crisis now and let's see where everybody was and let's do the math at it. Because yeah. I think there'll be a level of, were we as good as we could have been when we this started and could we have been done better and who did best through and where are we at the end? And I, I mean, I feel like there's a certain degree of, uh, it's important for somebody to step up when the time is, is I mean, like, if we would have talked about Cuomo six months ago on the podcast, then we, we you know, he was one of the most hated governors in the country. I'm pretty sure we did. And I think we had nothing but negative things <laughs> yeah, to say about him. You know, him. He, he's, he's uh, the the fact that he's let the subway go so wrong and everything. Like, there, there's a variety of things that people were bashing Cuomo to fuck over. Hey, and Hogan. And, we yeah. bash him pretty regularly. And Garcetti. Not and being Garcetti, yeah. not, not doing shit. <laughs> Newsome. But, the but same the, thing. <laughs> The good news is that and Newsom, I guess, is a little bit of a different case. I, not that I won't criticize Newsom, but I'm saying like he was kind of new into this. And yeah. then the first thing that he really got into were fires. So he hasn't really had like a normal. Yeah. Amount Nothing of like time. being elected yeah. and then having everything just go wrong yeah. as soon as you're in the government. Like, all right, Governor, welcome. Uh, it's your first day. So here's the 40 things that are going wrong with the state. We need you to fix right yeah. now. Mm. But yeah, um, I just think we should be we should avoid the hero worship. Right. All told, every all things in. Just say, hey, listen, um, somebody's allowed to do something good now and it doesn't make up for bad things that they did. Right. But also, like, you know, I it, it's so hard to it, think about it in terms of like this. Uh, uh, let's say you owned a business and uh, the only way you survive is if you ca- cut half your employees. Yep. This is just like a simple like sink or swim moment where you have to cut half your employees. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do it. You want to wish everyone had their job, but to survive, you have to do it. Is what it is. And you have to now think of and approach the half people and tell them that they lost their jobs and this is why it is and blah, blah, blah. It You know, you might not be making the right decision at that moment. It's hard when a lot of things are coming at you at once to feel like you're making right decisions. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of these people are making right decisions, but we, we have to be, I like the Chris Davis example I gave you earlier. If we were in a world series game, game seven down by one runner at second and Chris Davis is at the plate for the Orioles, you have to throw away all the, you're not worth your contract. You hit 200 this season. Don't boo him. Yeah. In that don't situation. boo him right now. Yeah. This is the time where regardless of how you're feeling, you just sort of have to give him your blanket support. Like yeah. we're, we're there for you. We're trying to help you do whatever you can to make the best of this situation. If he strikes out in that big situation and now the game's over and we have time to think about it, then yes, that that's the opportunity where you can run him over with the bus. But like up until that moment, you have to just sort of let these people have the space to do the best that they can with the situation. Give them the space to destroy. That's what Corey said. No, and I, I mean, I, listen, as much as it pains me, and it trust me when I tell you it pains me to say this, the same is true for the president. Yeah. We have this man in the White House at least for the next, what, 10 months. Yeah. Maybe more depending on if we can even have an election in November. Uh, God help me. So all I'm saying is, uh, Corey didn't see the press conference today. 
I checked out just a few minutes of it. And I'm honestly, I'm tired of hearing him speak. I'm tired of all the stories about him. But the guy I saw today is different than the guy I saw a week ago, which is much different than the guy I saw a month ago. And, you know, Chris Cuomo, again, not to create hero worship. If there's yeah. a Cuomo you should be worshiping, though, should be Chris. <laughs> Chris, is, uh, Chris is the guy. I also don't understand the actual, like, crushing on on Andrew Cuomo when there's Chris in the room. Like, of the Cuomos, yeah. they're clearly a better one. What are you thinking about? It's um, like all of America's Julia Roberts making wrong decisions. <laughs> this Lyle Lovett guy looks pretty attractive. No, Julia, what are you doing? Who? Is, there's another option right here. You're the most beautiful woman in the world. What are you doing? <laughs> but um, This great country of ours is Julia Roberts. As much <laughs> as it pains me to say, uh, again, the president looks a lot different today, but this is the guy we got. And we've said a lot of negative stuff about Donald <laughs> Trump thus far, and he has not handled this the way that he should. But we really just need to say you <laughs> you have the best information around you and not that he shouldn't get criticized for bad decisions, but it really should be a like a uh, pitcher coming out at the beginning of the, or at the end of the second. And you're like, hey, so fastball. Really bad decision there. Now we're down three. Oh, I need you to go out in the third and make better choices. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, you're a piece of shit and you were never going to ever pitch again in this league except for this next inning because I need you there, to go out and pitch again. See, but there, uh, I, will, uh, I agree, but I also think that there are aspects of how Trump has handled this which are, I mean, the problem is that when I, I'm doing the thing where I'm saying like, let's give people a break and let yeah. them have space. But at the same time, if something comes out that's really across the line you have to stomp that shit out immediately oh no no and i mean like i feel like there's a couple you know trump made some statement about like the governor of washington oh. and the governor of michigan called me asking for aid and i wasn't going to take their call but pence is a better guy than me and like all this like they've said horrible things about me in the press and i don't know if i want to help them that's just sick it, i mean it, it, it to to basically punish people who live in a state because they happen to elect a governor who <laughs> happen to disagree with you yeah like i should not i should not be some guy in detroit dying because trump has some vendetta against my governor like and I, listen I, I agree and that was his press conference on friday yeah and i still just maintain the guy i saw today for the oh, few and, minutes was much different than the guy from friday yeah and I, I i'm i'm if he wants to if he wants to be solemn and he wants to try and like uh, rough this one out and not be Donald Trump, yeah. then <laughs> by all means, I'll welcome him to do that. But yeah. I, I just can't, uh, there, there's a different, you know, like we were talking pre-show about like how Hogan cut disaster relief in his budget. Yep. Uh, and how I didn't feel comfortable bashing Hogan for that the same way I would bashing Trump for cutting disaster relief. Yeah. Mostly because Trump was giving up disaster relief to give billionaires tax breaks yeah so that's a easy like eight you know like but hogan was cutting disaster relief to cut bridge tolls yeah but i'm saying the we i can't speak specifically as well to what was happening with hogan's budget as i can the national budget because i was paying attention to it while it was happening fair enough so i i I think you can agree with me though that saying listen if it's it's an apple if if it's you know if all things are considered equal then yes i think hogan should be criticized for it too but i'm saying like i don't know so i don't feel comfortable saying that but criticizing a pitcher coming off the mound at the end of the second who you know you're sending back out in the third yeah there's two different kinds of criticism there is the guy who's coming out in the second and not going back in who you just can beat down because you want him to spend the next few days building himself back up and there's the like 
I need to give you some constructive criticism because I got to send you back out in yeah. three in three outs, and I need you to do better. But I need you to also not be well, I mean, demolished. This is the hand we were dealt. So, <laughs> no, this is the hand we dealt ourselves. Yeah, we yeah. are the dealer. Yeah, and th- we're sitting at the table. I'm now, saying so. This is this is where we stand right now. We were hoping this wasn't going to happen with Trump in office, but now we have to. And fucking make way, I guess. To be fair, uh, George W. Bush was the same way. The guy we elected and the guy we got were defined by the times around him. And do I secretly hope that Donald Trump steps up and becomes the president and he should have been from the beginning? Yes. Do I think he will? No. But I think that the time, the, the last three years have ruined his relationship with the media and with the governors and everything else. And now is the kind of the time... And I, hate myself for saying this i hate myself for saying this now's the time for like all right let's consolidate a little bit and say yes mr president i hear what you're saying what about this response and you know on friday but they i mean were voting it, it, him. it's it, I, i'm i'm 100 behind the the idea of that yeah but he has to meet us halfway i agree now nah, that, that's the thing. i mean the you know like it, it's if he can if he can put on a couple good weeks of looking like he cares and deferring to experts and letting people who know what they're doing be in charge of this whole thing, then I'm, I'm feeling better about it. Yes. If he's up there saying like, you know, this is a dumb question. This is why people shouldn't listen to CNN. And like, at this point, I just don't want to hear it. Like, I, I agree. Get, yeah. I, I get the, the, uh, making fun of Fox because a month ago they were all saying, go outside and spend money and make yeah. out with each other. And this week they're all like <laughs> drunk in their own homes. Did you see the video of Janine Pirro? Like, do you know what's going on with the government these days? And it's just like, what are you doing? She got into someone, the wine. Someone had a Rachel pour. <laughs> Early too. Her show is at seven Eastern. What are you doing? Um, she doesn't know what day it is, but no, I'm saying like, but I, know, I agree. Yeah. I, 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 at this point, if Fox news is giving people the right news, then I don't want to criticize them and say, don't watch it. Like yeah, 50, you, you sh- 50% of people are watching just that. You should be getting the information any way you can, the best that you can. Yes. If they're giving out wrong inform- information, then we're going to have to deal with that. And that goes from the news that's going to go to governors, it's going to go to Trump, it's going to go to anybody. Like, yes. But let's hope for the best. Yeah. Fingers crossed for the best. Uh, fever update. We've now gone back into <laughs> the sweats. danger zone. Now we're back in the sweats. So, uh, yeah, we're sweating a lot. Um, so there's one there's one thing I just wanted to touch on before we get to our fun stuff at the end. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys are still with us, stick around for just a second. Uh, and that is, I really want everyone to be taking care of themselves. Uh, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, um, we're I've read some really kind of bad, disturbing stories for the past few weeks about past few days about um, you know suicides are up. 911 calls for self-harm are up and things like that. Like it is going to be very difficult. We talked about how it's great to get outside and we want to get outside, but we can't. And I think we are lucky and <laughs> I'm lucky because I'm the sick one. I don't have to worry <laughs> about it, but uh, we're here together. So, you know, Corey and I have been working on a bunch of stuff. Friend of the show, Roberto is here as well. And so we kind of have ourselves to work on things together and to kind of keep each other company. And there's a lot of people who don't have that. Some people yeah. are stuck quarantined alone somewhere and, and a uh, lot of people uh, just you know psychologically you're used to having a lot of people around all yeah. the time and if you go from seeing people all the time to never seeing people it can be really tough for somebody who's 
more extroverted. You yeah, know, I was going to say if I, if things had worked out differently and this had struck a few weeks later and I had been living in an apartment with a stranger, basically, you know, sharing a yeah. space before everybody took their heads off of Craigslist. Yeah. Uh, it would be weird to be at a place with somebody I don't really know and just kind of stuck there. Um, so I think we have each other to bolster each other. And there are some people who don't have that. So just keep in mind, like there are ways that you can reach out. You know, we don't have the need to get on like group uh, FaceTimes and like cheer each other up. We kind of did that. There is a uh, posse game night planned for this Friday. Yeah. where We're going to get together with our friends from the East Coast and have a game night together. Um, just reach out to your friends. Just yeah. because you can't be there physically doesn't mean you can't and, be there for each other. And call your parents and stuff like oh, that, yeah. too. Just like, you know, I, I believe me, I. I expressed this problem with to my dad the other day when I was talking to him, which is like, I always, uh, my problem is I never want to bother anybody when I call them. Yep. I want to talk to you for a few minutes and I don't want to bother you. So I don't want to call you when you're in the middle of like 15 things. Uh, I want to get you at exactly the right moment. But doing that always makes me go like, well, it's five o'clock right now, East Coast. And I don't know if that's when somebody's trying to get somewhere yep. to, so I'll wait till six to call. You blink and your eye. I forget. <laughs> and then it's two, two weeks later. And I'm just like, did I ever call my dad? You know, well, and I mean, um, like, I, I didn't want to have to tell my parents like I wasn't feeling well because I know my mom is 3000 miles away. Yeah. And yeah. Now I had to tell them yesterday when I was going to the hospital because I was worried I'd be out of touch for a while. And now I feel like I've worried them and I'm getting to every two hours like what's your fever? I, right. I'm getting the Rachel treatment, which is like, <laughs> how are your bowel movements? Yes, mom. <laughs> I have basically a mother here who's checking all my temperature and my bowel movements every single hour so we're fine my my mom's <laughs> my mom's reaction when i when i called her yesterday was uh very much like i described it to if i called her and told her i got into a car accident yeah like yeah. where it was just like <sighs> all right are you okay is everyone else okay <laughs> is everyone being safe <laughs> like she was like going through a checklist of like the you know, mom like, checklist yeah, in like, her head. Yeah. What's Rob's temperature right now? Have you? When's the last time you checked it? <laughs> that is what my mom is, is doing he, every is hour. Is he now. alive right now? Is he? <laughs> have you checked to make sure? Well, he's sleeping right now. It's like, can you wake him? Do you feel like you should wake him? <laughs> well, you can usually take a rectal temperature without waking the patient. Just go ahead and just pop that right in there, and we'll see what it is. Now, I, I'm surprised that my mom has not reached out to you. Because she did text me while I was sleeping this morning and like three in a row and didn't yeah. get a response from me. And I know she has your number. I'm just yeah. waiting for the time when she doesn't reach me. It's like, I'm very worried about Robbie. He hasn't responded to my text. Can you please text me and let me know how he is? Like, I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm just going to get a random text <laughs> that doesn't like set up like, hey, it's Louise. Just letting you know. It's just going to be like, is Rob alive? And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like out on the balcony. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> let me go check. Should I stop what I'm doing? Who is this? <laughs> But the overarching point of this is somebody who texts the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine. There you go. Wait, wait. I used to have that. I have that somewhere. Hang on. Uh, there we go. Text the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. That's four four three two one nine seven five nine five. We can be uh, your reach out. Yeah. I don't know how quickly it'll be answered, but <laughs> does it still ring your phone? Yeah. Okay, good. So yeah, yeah it'll go straight through. Um, and you can bother Corey at all hours of the day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, the overarching message is like, make sure we are really terrible at this because our family's on the East coast. Uh, and again, you do that math. It's like, oh, it's like five. I'll wait till it's like seven. And next thing you know, it's 1130. Yeah. And like, and now, I'm just like now it's too late, too like, late. To, yeah. Even though I know my parents are still up. <laughs> you do that math. It's like, my oh. mom, my mom's one of those people who's up to two. And I'm so like, she's not up. <laughs> There's no way. I, I shouldn't call her at nine o'clock. It's too late. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, make sure you're reaching out not only to your family, but to your friends. And like, it, we need to go above and beyond. And listen, we're in that great place where it's like, you can make plans that you may never even have to follow through with. Like, yeah. Yeah. When this is all over, let's oh, get together. This is the golden age for, I can't wait until we can get back together and see each other. Like the, the, hmm. the perennial, uh, you know, and uh, to be honest, I would love to catch up with all the people like I meet on set. Sure. And be like we should get dinner sometime. We should, we should go to the movies. Yeah. Like I would love to do that. It's just like, we can't. You know, we just decided at 6.30 to go to a 7 o'clock movie, and I don't want to call people and be like, hey, can you make it to Burbank in 20 minutes? We're like, on our way right now. <laughs> like, uh, so, like, there's sort of an aspect of it. It never happens, but at the same time, like, I would actually love it, but now is the perfect time to just be like, hey, when this is all done, we're going to get it. Yeah, and <laughs> we're going to get a cheeseburger. We can help the economy by doing that. that that's the yeah. thing I'm thinking about is, like, I want to make plans – I'm not the one who's not going to say yes to everything because, by the way, I'm just not that person. Like, right. <laughs> I will still say no to plans. I'll still cancel shit. <laughs> That's who I am as a person. But I am going to take the first thing, the first offer that comes across my door, though. That somebody, is absolutely true. Somebody calls me and they're just like, "Hey, you want to meet at Santa Monica at five o'clock?" I'm just like, "Sold." Absolutely. <laughs> um, wait, quarantine breaks today? Yes, I'm out there. Everyone's on the road at the same time. Carmageddon? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> But I do think that uh, it can be like, hey, let's plan these things. And we don't know when, but it's just a good excuse to reach out. Like, hey, I'm um, checking on you and making sure you're doing well. Uh, and I like to think that my kind of group reach outs are like the live stuff that I do. Because I do yeah. get responses back, some comments on them. And people send me messages. And it's like, hey, this is me saying I'm doing fine. It's an invitation for you to reach out to say, hey, how are you doing? And by the way, this podcast is our way of reaching out to you and saying, yeah. hey, Things aren't great, but they're, we're doing fine. How are you doing? And you should let us know. Yeah. Uh, we want to hear back from you. And please, if, if there there are uh, going to like suicides and depressions and stuff like that where we where came in on this with. Uh, there are resources available out there. Uh, the suicide prevention hotline is a great service. Uh, there are uh, lots of things nowadays where you can sort of get a therapist that you video chat with on your phone or just call or text or email or whatever the case may be. Uh, there's options for everyone kind of thing to find the right help. And if you, uh, it, it's a really scary time uh, beyond just the everyday scariness of it. And it's nobody is expected to know how they're going to react to everything that's coming. Absolutely. So uh, if something feels different in you than it did before, or you don't feel like sure of yourself or you don't feel like good first, try and reach out to people close to you because they might be able to help you. Maybe somebody else has felt something similar. Oh, just get back in the uh, right mental space. Yeah. And you know, like I, I really do think that uh, uh, hobbies are important. And I, I think that uh, now is a great time to pick up a hobby. Absolutely. If you're somebody who's used to like going out and doing things and you're trying to figure out how to fill the void, like yeah. learn Spanish or like paint something. Or, like Work on your Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever it may be. Like you could come out of this with a whole new skill. And listen, how many people I know who say, I've always wanted to write a screenplay. I've always wanted to mm -hmm. write a book. I, I hear that from people all the time. Now's the time. Yeah. You're stuck at home. And listen, I know... I have not written as much as I should have. I'm sure Corey feels the same way. You wish you would have written more during this period. Yeah. Just because also there's a little bit of like, well, now that I can do it, I'm not going to do it. Well, no, I, you know what my problem is, is that uh, I there there's a certain amount of like uh, 
putting yourself in the right mind space to act like you're a person in the situation that you're writing. So if I'm a drug, if I'm writing about a drug dealer, yeah, talking to another drug dealer, there's an aspect of me that sort of wants to put myself into the mindset of like, what would I be doing if I was a drug dealer to help make it easier for me to write these characters? Yeah. And there's a part of me that like goes like, I'm having trouble writing right now. I'm gonna go out and just listen to people talk, and like that'll help me. Like that, that's a trick that works for me sometimes. Right, but you can't. But do I that. can't do that now. Yeah. So yeah. like, there's like things that it, it just feels like I got like a a pebble in my shoe or something like that. It's just not right, and it's making it harder for me to write. Mm. But at the same time, like sometimes the it's not about like getting a tangible number of pages done. It's about putting in the work yep. and putting in the effort. And just even if it. it doesn't like uh, equal something that's going to be shot one day, like just doing the work will make you feel better. And if you're, if it's your first time, by the way, you're going to have a lot of drafts. Just bowl just, through that first draft. Get it, it down. It's awful too. Every, yeah. <laughs> uh, believe me. Uh, and uh, I'll say this from like a professional level, like uh, uh, parasite, the first cut draft or cut version of parasite like the the initial time the editor went through it and just mm-hmm. put it in an order it looked horrible mm-hmm. like uh, the worst student film you've ever seen nothing worked it just felt awkward and terrible uh it takes a little while of like sort of molding around the edges of the stone until you get the statue underneath yep uh so even if you do something and it doesn't feel like good just know that everyone feels <laughs> Like, yes. everyone starts with something that's not good and then fixes it. Like, that's sort of how it works. But like, you got to have the original thing to start with. Right. You got to get it down just so you can it start It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be what it is. Yep. But if you are You can even write, like, heartfelt moment here if you don't have it at that exact yep. moment. Just come back to it when, you, when you're feeling sappy. But uh, if you are feeling like uh, life is getting too much and you really need to talk to someone... Uh, it's 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is not even just for that. It's for people who are feeling off, feeling yeah. like they have no one to talk to and feeling like things are getting desperate. There is someone always there to talk to you. Because it, 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 those hotlines are not just for people who are like sitting there with the gun in their mouth kind yeah. of thing. It's for... I feel like I might be going down the road where I might end up here. Yes. And it's way easier to get somebody earlier on that journey than it is to get them when right. they're when they're right at the end. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it it's nothing to be ashamed of if you're having any kind of difficulty now and you should you should reach out if you need something. And again, that's uh 800-273-8255. It's suicidepreventionlifeline.org. They actually have a chat there, which I didn't know, but you can do a live chat with someone. You can yep. do a call. So if anybody needs those resources, can we make sure we put that in the uh, in the show notes as yeah. well so they have the link? Yep. Uh, so before we get out of here, we did, uh, in the intro, talk about doing a little bit of spoilers. So if you guys are one of the, I don't know, two people in the country <laughs> who haven't checked it out, you might want to turn us off now because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the phenomena switching the country. Switching, sweeping the country. Uh, by the way, <laughs> chills have ter- returned to fever sweats. So <laughs> we are running on fumes again. The sweats um, are boiling the... <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about Tiger King, which I watched fully through twice now because I watched it and then I recommended it to Corey. And uh, then we as a household watched it again. So yeah, Tiger King. Yeah. Exciting stuff. I, I let me let me let me say this up front. I, I realize that uh Joe 
Exotic has broken the law and uh, needs to go to jail for the crime that uh, he went through. Uh, and I think that a lot of other people probably should have had a little bit of jail time thrown their way as well. Um, but I would also like to point out that I feel like there should be a different justice system for the redneck community <laughs> because how many, how many fucking people in your life do you relate to in the Joe exotic way? Like you've known people sort of like him, right? I have. Yes. Yeah. And there's almost a, I, I feel like I've seen that guy over on the side of the road with the sheriff before where it's just like, God damn it, Joe, you can't do that. <laughs> And then it's just like, you can't try and jump the Jerry, Jerry, Dairy Queen with your Trans Am. I, you just uh, see a car in the middle of a building and it's just like. How did that even happen? Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, under normal circumstances, if that was me, I'd be going to jail for 10 years on that shit. The Dairy Queen extravaganza. But Joe. But, but for Joe, like, he's just a dumb idiot. Like, don't blame him. Like, uh, we get a lot of the, a, the guys a part of me the, that um, just wants to be like, oh, get on with it, you. You little rascal. The guys with the cardboard license plates that are like, I give myself the right to drive here. I'm at zero, 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 one. Joe's America. Right. <laughs> Those guys. I'm a sovereign citizen. All right, fine, whatever. I don't even want to fucking deal with this. All right, man. <laughs> go on. Go on. I mean, I, the one that uh, shocks me is that Carol Baskin agrees to be a part of this, not realizing how, like, like she there, thought for sure she was going to take down there, Joe Exotic. There were so many memes of uh, comparing Carol to Hillary and Joe Exotic to Trump. And I think part of the Carol to Hillary comparison, which I find so great, is that I feel like in, deep down inside of her, Hillary doesn't realize that a lot of people hate her. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. almost like a, like, well, as soon as they get to know the real me, they're not going to hate me anymore. Like, as soon as Carol Baskin's like, oh, great. A long deep dive documentary that will make it clear that I did not kill my husband. <laughs> like I think that she went into it thinking they're not going to talk about this. <laughs> and then eventually they did. And then she was like, well, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. They have to bring it up. I mean, they're like, going to bring it up. And when they do, we're finally going to get to the bottom of this. And I'm going to be sure to be innocent. And now apparently, by the way, I saw the story today. A lot of tips are coming in about this case. <laughs> if Carol ends up in jail for more than 22 years, which is what Joe got. Yeah. That there will be sweet justice. That's all I can say. Like, and if Joe gets out, because yeah. honestly, for getting us through this crisis, listen, hold, uh, real quick, just as another thing, uh, uh, despite my my claims that there should be a different legal system for the the redneck impaired, yeah. and stuff like that. The, redneck- <laughs> uh, the uh, I I I'm also not of the mind that like <laughs> Cardi B should be sending money to Joe Exotic. <laughs> I mean, like, yo, everybody needs I, money on their books now. Come on, I everybody do, needs money on their books. I do feel like, uh, I do feel like he is a piece of shit who deserves to be punished somewhat for what he did, but I don't feel like he should be. So he's been in jail for a while now, like since what, like uh, twenty? I feel like when 18? you threaten when you threaten somebody's death so many times, it kind of loses its but like luster. To is a there? Point. Are you convinced that there was a scheme that came together that he drove? To try and kill Carol Baskins. I I think that uh, he thought that he was definitely getting somebody who was going to do it. Oh, I don't think you watched that last episode enough. No, I mean, I like you got to rewatch episode seven because I think all of this was his partner. Uh, oh, I know. I, I, I get what name? you're saying. I, I, I saw I did some additional research outside Ooh. of the show. Oh, OK. Stuff that, that wasn't sure. Talked about things that were included in a trial that oh, like. Okay. 
uh, for everyone who's saying Joe is this great guy and should be oh, I don't exonerated. Think and I don't think he's a great guy. <laughs> I was, he was, they put uh, things that didn't make it to the to the series from the trial that make it clear that he was very interested in somebody doing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that he thought he was getting somebody who was going to kill her. Okay. So, but I think what he what he assumed, uh, by the way, uh, three to five thousand dollars is not the cost of a <laughs> subtle hitman. I'm just gonna put it out there. Like, wait, don't, unless you're in don't think you're don't think you're just gonna toss somebody two hundred bones and they're gonna be able to keep a murder off the books. Like, unless you're in Baltimore, <laughs> where the going rate is five hundred to one thousand dollars yeah. for a hit. Oh yeah, but I'm saying in Baltimore too, you have. You know, like almost no murder, <laughs> murder cases actually going to a guilty plea. So I mean, like, you know, it, it professional. There's a little bit, there's a little bit more of a shadow economy going on here <laughs> yeah. that uh, Joe is not like put into. Here's what I'm going to ask you though. Yeah. For saving us and our mental states through this national crisis. Pardon. <laughs> is there some sort of pardon that is deserved for Joe Exotic? Because remember, he's in federal prison. Yeah. Which means the president could say, you know what? Now that we're outside of this uh, quarantine era, for getting us through this, Joe, we're gonna part. We're gonna uh, shorten your sentence from twenty-two years to two years. I, I, I uh, now we find out I, if Carol actually did kill her husband, and he helped solve the murder of Don. <laughs> is that justified? What if he was, in fact, Oklahoma Serpico? <laughs> <laughs> He was just doing the tiger farming thing to expose the underbelly of the tiger. By the way, uh, I think the most interesting part of the entire thing was the after the credits, that little bit that ran that showed him as being like, we shouldn't be breeding these beautiful animals. It, he started yeah. as a person just like Carol, who was like, we're not breeding them. We're just protecting the ones and letting them live their lives. Right. But then he realized there's money to be made here. I can't make any money. I'm losing money just protecting them. So I got to do a little bit of breeding and a little bit of petting to pay for everything else. Yeah. And I see like, oh, Carol went down this road too. And there'll be somebody who comes in after Carol who does the same thing, who feeds her husband to yeah, a I tiger. Mean, because clearly Carol fed her husband to a tiger. I, I, uh, the libertarian part of me enjoys the everyone can own a tiger part of this. <laughs> Uh, By the way, Mr. Baker, if you're watching this, we are entirely joking. You cannot own a tiger. <laughs> Do not move to a I state joke, where you can own a tiger. I joke that uh, I want to tell my dad about this this documentary because it's so incredible. But at the same time, I don't want to tell him because he will 100% buy a tiger. Like, he will be Doc Antle <laughs> within six months. Just He's going to have a have multiple wives. And his, <laughs> okay, maybe his I shouldn't say that good. South Carolina far. ranch. Paying them all a hundred bucks a week to, but he would one hundred percent move to Florida and buy a tiger. That will one hundred percent happen. Probably just buy out Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this thing's getting a little, it's getting a little hot here. How much you would want to uh, give to uh, just give your zoo up? Like, well, no, because remember, none of her tigers have been cuddled, and he will definitely want to cuddle the. Well, tigers. yeah, I mean, you know. Your dad is a little more like Joe Exotic than I've actually put together, but he's a little bit like Joe Exotic. Libertarian. I could see your dad walking around a tiger cage being like, I'm not changing the way I dress. Fuck that bitch, Carol Baskins. Not changing the way I dress. I'm wearing these shorts all the time. Yeah, I'm gay. I don't care. Perhaps I said too much. Oh, man. I, I, uh, I, there, there's so much. 
the the number of times too, like because Rob watched it first, and the number of times where like I saw something happen, and like I just like made like a side eyed look at you, and then you were just like, "Go on." <laughs> it's like no, my favorite. What thing you is, think is about to happen is not about to happen, and it's going to be something better. Yeah, and go. I uh, <laughs> the first night after the first, well rewatch after they watched the first episode, uh, <laughs> having <laughs> Corey or having Roberto turn and be like, "So we can agree, we're all on Team Joe Exotic, right?" <laughs> and Corey being like, "Yeah, definitely," and me being like, "Ooh, just wait, <laughs> things are going to get crazy." <laughs> I still, I still feel like. Uh, uh. I still, I mean, like I know attempted murder is a crime, and sure. I know that hiring a hitman, even if they are not successful, is a crime. I do feel like they're that he's kind of doing, and all the animal charges are really what fucked him. Yeah. But I, yeah. I sort of feel like he's doing murder time for not murder. Yeah, a no, little no. bit like he's doing uh, uh, tiger killing time for yeah. a murder, basically. Well, I, I, I always felt like uh, if you were a, if you were a uh, prosecutor. Uh, one of the easiest ways to get convictions like 100% of the time would just be going in front of the jury and just being like, this man right here accused of murder who we know has killed five dogs. Yeah. And then the uh, the jury would just be like, I don't even want to hear the rest of this thing. I just If you had a like, video of every person in Baltimore kicking a dog, yeah. that murder conviction would go way up. Because yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as I see you kick a dog, I'm like, he's capable. He could kill a human <laughs> he being. He could do it. He could kill a human being. Clearly, look at this. He's kicking dogs. Yeah. He could kill a human being. Uh, so yeah, um, in, in if you haven't gotten it from here, you should have watched Tiger King. <laughs> you should be watching Tiger King. Um, it, now that we're done that, we're looking for our next uh, our next show to watch. Um, don't watch anything pandemic related. I don't know why. I, I don't. Wants I don't get it. That. Like uh, I know that you don't like watching cooking things because like it doesn't appeal to you. Yeah. But there's a yeah. part of me that feels comfort in these times of like watching kitchen nightmares and like seeing. Gordon at like a packed restaurant where yeah. I'm just like, oh, I remember what that was like. I can't wait to go to a restaurant again. You know, like I just uh, I don't there, like there's any a part of that's like though. comforting to me at this moment in time. But like uh, even Taffer, I had tried to watch a little bit of Taffer and I can't watch him. It just really? like now in this, I'm just like, I want to totally escape. I want to go into the world of exotic pet. <laughs> You want to? Yeah. I want to get lost in something. I watched Unbelievable. There, I I will say uh, the great thing about the Netflix documentary era that we're living in, like the uh, and I'm saying Netflix documentary because it came at around at the same time as Netflix. Yeah. Netflix gave documentaries a better chance to sort of become a bigger thing. But you could uh, you know thank Michael Moore, or Morgan Sparlock, or anybody who made yeah. like sort of bigger budget documentaries recently. Um, but the number of times where I have somebody come up to me and just being like, do you know how they get escargot? And I'm just like, well, I mean, it's snails, right? Yeah. And it's France or, and it's just like, there's a documentary on Netflix you need to see. And then like just hearing that goes like, yes, I do need to see that. Mm-hmm. I've never had any interest in the subject. But now I, I can. don't want escargot. I don't like escargot. But for some reason, I feel like there's a seedy underbelly in this in this I'm business. Gonna, I need to know. I'm gonna watch nine hours <laughs> about the seedy escargot market yeah. and how these things work. Yes. And then, like ten minutes into the first episode, you see some guy with a monocle, and you're just like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this thing till the end." I, mean, I don't. I, mean, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm gonna watch it. Mr. Monopoly is in the escargot <laughs> market. Game on. Let's do this. Oh. All right. Well, uh, I I think it's time to. Uh, uh, put Rob to bed. Yes, I can, I can, absolutely. I could feel uh, over the last uh, ten minutes here of the podcast. I could feel like your your tank emptying. Like Oof, yeah, I'm uh, I'm running on reserves. We're uh, headed for the ground. Well, uh, if you need to uh, 
catch up on more reserves. You know where you can get them? Where's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Cordo, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find me and my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendsB5 on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, thinking about adding TikTok into that equation Ooh. as well. I've I've signed up for a TikTok. Ooh. I haven't done anything. What's your account on TikTok? At LegendsB5. Okay, yeah. Um, but you know, I figured now in the uh, TikTok seems to be uh, popping a lot more now that people are home. So I, I'll go check it out. One year later, after Rob well, told you to join I, TikTok, I, I was I was I've I've had it for like basically a year at this point. I just haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you're the Anthem Podcast, <laughs> always just slightly behind the latest trend. <laughs> Well, this whole podcast started like <laughs> when Corolla was like starting his podcast in the shadows. And I was like, we should get into this thing. And you're just like, that's a stupid idea. Yes. See, look. And then I learned from that mistake and I saw TikTok and I was like, we should get on TikTok. That's why and I'm like, doing no, that right. It's crazy. No. Um, and uh, I will have a review for Portrait of a Lady on Fire on Thursday. Um, and thinking about doing a new series, talking about. Uh, watching movies in terms of how I use it to inspire me for movies that I make coming up here. So, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for that stuff. All right. And, of course, you can find more of me at Robert N. Cheek on all your social networks. Uh, it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, and TikTok at <laughs> Robert N. Cheek, uh, where my account is humorous as hell. So go check out those things. Uh, tried a Switch video, not clothing Switch, just a Switch I thought it was pretty humorous. Um, but also, I've been feverish for a time now, so who knows. Um, RobertNCheek.com, still a work in progress. So in the meantime, you can find all the videos at YouTube.com forward slash RobCheek, including the Everyman Movie Reviews. A uh, new review came out yesterday for Blade Runner. I got one coming out Thursday for Dolomite Is My Name. And then that's the end of what I have recorded, so we'll see what pops up. Lady uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is on the list. I have a bunch of other ones I have to do, but that is completely dependent upon energy levels and time in the next few days. So I guess we will see, but all that's available on youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. And uh, if you prefer the podcast, anchor.fm forward slash Everyman Movie Reviews. And of course, you can get this podcast at uh, anchor.fm forward slash Oh The Anthem. Yes, indeed. Uh, And youtube.com forward slash Oh The Anthem. And you can always find us, as I've said before, at Oh The Anthem on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In these uncertain times, we will have updates going there all the time. So make sure you're following along so you get the latest information from us. Yep. And uh, just as we stated up front, we're, we're going to try and uh, keep to our weekly schedule as best we can. Uh, it might be delayed a little bit like today's was. Uh, it might be... Uh, we might go dark for a week if things uh, need to. Uh, I Obviously, the health of both of us is the most important part. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and we're, I mean, in terms of just this podcast, the health of everyone is important, but, you know, for us making this podcast. <laughs> what do you think, Corey? Could we, uh, could we record if I was in a ventilator and I was just <laughs> in a hospital room? Nah. Like, beep. Beep. Hey guys, welcome to episode 315 of the podcast. I feel I feel like I would be able to hear you just as well as when you were wearing your mask. Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Although I would have a mask on. Hey guys, welcome to episode 315 of the podcast. Just be, Rob, how are you doing today? Alive. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, we'll do our best. Yeah. It's uh, 312 consecutive weeks of brand new content, and uh, I don't want that to end. So... 
even if it's uh, a short version, we made it the full hour today. Yeah. So uh, we're going to try to push through. Uh, hopefully by next week I'm feeling better. So it won't be an issue. I guess we'll see. Yeah. And hopefully I, I'm not far behind you. Absolutely right. So. Uh, well, everyone, uh, please stay safe. I think we've done good here today as much as we can. <laughs> we've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the OD Anthem podcast, part of the OD Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Take care of one another. Take care of yourselves and each other.